welcome to day 143 of Shape by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with uh, Matthew Kresge and Catherine Kresge. And uh, we are continuing through the book of Romans uh, two times the year, the, you know, that I really, you know, special treat being in the Word. Every day is a special treat of being in the Word, but I love in the Old Testament when I get to read through the book of Isaiah, and I love in the New Testament when I get to read through the book of Romans, and both of them are the fullest expression of the gospel in both the Old and the New Testament, and they're deeply rich in how they uh, prepare us to understand, you know, what Christ is doing in our heart and life. Mm-hmm. And so Paul, you know, grounds in chapter one, he grounds the gospel beautifully when he says it comes from the Old Testament scripture, uh, and it is uh, about, you know, Christ Jesus, and it is a power of salvation for everyone who believes, and there's no reason for us to be ashamed of the gospel. In fact, uh, the gospel is such good news to us that we ought to be overcome by the gospel, not only wanting to casually bring it up in conversation mm-hmm. with each other, but you know, casually bring it up in conversation with those who do not know it and have, have not heard it. Mm-hmm. Paul does an interesting thing uh, as he's sharing the gospel. The first thing he does is he surfaces our need for the gospel, that we are as far away from the heart of God as we possibly could be. And so in chapter 1, he begins with a statement that almost takes our breath away, for the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all kinds of godliness and sin. And he talks about how we've denied God, we haven't offered him thanks, and we've become futile in our thinking, and our, our lusts or our desires or you know, in every place that they should be, you know, rather than set on God, and it's a very bleak picture. And for those who are religious, you can see, you know, them kind of hearing what Paul is saying. Yes, that is a great description, you know, of the pagan world around us. He makes an incredible turn in the second panel in chapter 2. And he says, by the way, those of you who are very religious and are very moral, you're in no better shape because your rituals will not commend you to God, your morality will not commend you to God. And then we'll come into chapter 3 where he says there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. We all alike, you know, have fallen short of God's glory, and we all alike are justified freely by his grace. Mm. So we read the second panel, which should be a little more convicting to those of us who have grown up in church or live, you know, moral lives and, you know, kind of look around us and, and are a little bit condemning of the culture around us, but not looking inside us and seeing how far we are from God as well. So Romans chapter 2. Before we do, we always pause realizing that we come to Scripture, you know, not just to uh, read Romans again and put a few more highlights in our Bibles and uh, pick a verse to memorize, but to see the face of God, to be transformed into His glory, into His image, to know Him more deeply, to have our affections stirred, uh, and to walk with Him more faithfully. So before we do that, let's... uh, offer ourselves to him. Katie, can you do that for us? Absolutely. Father, thank you for this moment that we have um, in your word today. Whether um, the people listening or watching are um, getting ready for the day, whether they're driving to work, um, doing dishes, that you can meet us where we are no um, no matter where we are. And we thank you that you meet us in your word. And we, we ask that you would um, do just that and that you would your spirit would convict our hearts. Um, just the, the picture of us being the image of God um, is on my heart this morning. We are made in your image, 
And yet because of sin, we are um, broken images of you and your spirit comes and sanctifies and renews us day by day um, so that we can look more and more like you again. So would you continue to restore us, use your word um, to make us new, and we thank you for your faithfulness in doing so. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 2. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself because you pass judge, uh, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when his righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each person according to what they have done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there'll be wrath and anger. There'll be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness in their thoughts, sometimes accusing them and at other times even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Now, if you call yourself a Jew, you who rely on the law and boast in God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you're instructed by the law, if you're convinced that you're a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you become as though you had not been circumcised. So even if those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirement, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you, who even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A person is not a Jew who is one only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision the circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. Mm. Oh, a bit condemning, but wonderful, uh, wonderful theology of what makes you know someone, you know, truly right before God. It's not the outward marks of religion, and it's not even you know hearing the words, you know, of the law to bang you know the words of the law, and 
ultimately that can only be done you know if our hearts have been circumcised or transformed you know by the spirit and so he closes with that reminding that all of us alike are under condemnation we've all been there haven't we i i've i mean i can think of so many times when i or maybe a student um because we work with students so often it happens a lot um just i can get so prideful in my own i mean really morality and it's very similar to this um and so condemning of others around me and um somebody who loves me (laughs) points out um it's often matt um points out that you know that pride is is not of god that pride is sinful and um gosh i can think of so many times in my life that that has happened and i get so focused on what everyone else around me isn't doing right Mm -hmm. that what i'm missing is my own heart and my own pride yeah, we have you know twenty twenty vision when it comes uh, to other people's sin, mm-hmm. and we're almost you know completely blind when it comes to our own. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's, you know what Jesus encouraged you know before we start picking specks in other people's eye to remove the large plank that is in your own eye. And, and he doesn't say not to be involved in encouraging others, you know, to uh, consider their sin and to repent from their sin. But he said we have so much work to do inwardly, you know, before we do that as mm-hmm. well. And I mean, I think it exposes us because we we tend to regard our sins as lesser sins than mm-hmm. those that that we see in culture and those around us. You know, and, and I think that's one of the things he does so brilliantly as he's leading us up to you know Romans three and beyond. Is he wants us to see it's not just those outside, mm-hmm. you know, the outsiders or those that's like easy to condemn with culture and say, man, they need God's grace. He also turns it to us and says, we're all under God's judgment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This isn't just for those who, you know, we view their sins as far more spectacular or scary or whatever it is. But you know, he turns it to us and says, you then who view your sins as lesser sins are still under the judgment of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you notice, you know, Paul's order, you know, in the gospel, you know, that the gospel is a power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Then he comes back, you know, to God's judgment, and then he says, "As God's judgment will be first for the Jew, and then for the Gentile." In other words, a call of scriptures for the people of God, you know, to get their act together so that they can be what they are called to be in this culture, mm-hmm. you know, as 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 you know, as he kind of mockingly says, to to be a light, you know, for the blind. Mm-hmm. But as long as we are, you know, uh, as long as we are not aware of our own failings and as long as we approach it in pride and as long as we approach it in arrogance we're failing to be what we've called to be in this world and so there's a call for us to we look around us and and probably many of us you know right now are horrified by things happening in our culture Mm -hmm. and how spiraling out of control that is and so our first reaction is to condemn culture when our first response ought to be to repent for not being what yeah. we should be in this culture as salt and light uh, people who uh, where you visibly can see our, our good works and honor our father who is in heaven yeah. I, I just wonder how much you know when we we see god's kindness and especially to those of us in the church we we don't respond with repentance we actually respond the opposite it makes us more proud mm-hmm. that, that we're the recipients of god's kindness and i mean what you were saying and even kind of mixed with this it reminds me of the Syrophoenician woman when she comes to Jesus and you know Jesus says this isn't for you 
you know and she goes yeah but even the dogs eat it you know the crumbs that fall from the table Mm -hmm. and jesus marvels at her and says yeah your faith has healed you you know go and and just being reminded that that you know the kindness that she receives leads her to see herself rightly and in in so doing you know she receives by faith all that god offers and just how often i maybe in my own heart or just us as a church we Rather than experiencing God's kindness and it leading us to repentance, we we harden our own hearts, mm-hmm. and we point our fingers so much. Yeah, it's it's a nice you know, little paragraph, you know, that uh, you know, Matt's talking about. You therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge another, you're condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Mm-hmm. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. For the riches Yikes. of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. Um, the exercise of his kindness to us is forbearance with us uh, using you know both biblical words you know forbearance and patience uh, mm-hmm. in a kind of doubling up on, on the whole idea of just think of what God has put up with mm-hmm. in in you and he's causing you in, he, he's cause he's calling you to have the same kind of you know patience with those around you I was reminded, we were talking in, you know, last week about the verse in Second Timothy where it talks about, you know, gently astru- instructing those, you know, who oppose you in the hope that they'll repent and come to a knowledge of the truth. But even before that, it says, you should be even willing to put up with a measure of evil or to show patience mm-hmm. and kindness and, and forbearance yeah. in the process. Mm. And the whole picture of circumcision, you know, it sounds like they were fairly prideful of the fact that they were the circumcised, that they were God's people. They had the outward sign of being a part of God's people. And, um, and Paul, of course, um, comes and says, actually, that's not even what makes you a believer. I mean, what makes you a believer because of Christ is circumcision of the heart, which only comes by faith and yeah, by the spirit. No, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, a beautiful passage, circumcision uncircumcision. we tend to, we tend to choose labels, you know, red or blue, mm. uh, you know, but in, and we label people and we dismiss people. And, uh, you know, that the gospel is calling us to have done with the labels and to realize that uh, every person, you know, um, is in need of Christ. And mm-hmm. that is the ultimate, uh, you know, ultimate ministry that we have. And, and you know, verse 28, you know, was you know, what Katie was referring to. Person is a Jew is not one who's outwardly nor circumcision, merely outwardly and physical. No, a person is a Jew is one inwardly in circumcision, circumcision of the heart mm-hmm. by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Not, not anything we can do in and of ourselves. Yeah. We must completely rely on the gospel and rely on Him to change us in order to be the people that He has called us yeah. to be. And that's why He ends by saying. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God, and it should actually kind of be reversed. It should lead to praise, you know, mm-hmm. for God. But yeah. this is not something you've achieved or something people applaud. It's just a work of God. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In verse sixteen, I, I think we, if you can get through Romans one and Romans two, and still somehow say, 
you know, well, you know, that, that hasn't exposed my sin. You know, <laughs> if you're able, you know, this will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets oh, through no, Jesus Christ, not, as not my gospel secrets. declares. Not secrets. We will be laid bare. Nothing. Uh, you know, uh, there, there is no way for us to yeah, hide. Yeah, and there's, there's no one who will not, you know, does not have, you know, more than enough uh, secrets, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, th- thoughts or whatever that we have done. You know that shouldn't feel deeply exposed and deeply grateful for the redemption we have in Christ Jesus. Yeah. It's not because we are good people, because we are far from it. It's because He is a good God and His grace, you know, is sufficient for us. Mm. Uh, there's so much more in here, and we could have so much yeah. more fun in this passage. But we have come to the end of our time slot. So, Matt, why don't you lead us out yeah. with a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for your kindness. And Father, forgive us for the times where it doesn't lead us to repentance, but leads us to to boasting in ourselves and our abilities and um, our own um, maybe measure of faith that we think we've we've been able to manufacture on our own. God, thank you that you are a good God, a God who um, is both powerful and um, gentle, a God who desires that all come to repentance. And so, Father, would you um, continue to to cause us and to bring us to repentance. Would you continue to draw men and women and children to yourself in salvation? God, we we thank you for our time together in your word. Uh, Continue to use it to glorify yourself and bring us joy. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.